The late season heroics of Mason Rudolph and company are sadly done, but the heroics of yours truly and Jeremy Betts are not. Welcome into the Steelers Fix. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are new to the show, the Steelers Fix is generally predicated on roster building and player development, but we have so much to get into today as we make this transition, Jeremy, from the end of the season into mm-hmm. the offseason. We know there is no true offseason in the NFL. There is always something going on, and this is where you and I absolutely love to discuss really any topic as it pertains to the offseason because this is what we do, roster building and player development. We have so much draft and free agency stuff we're going to get to over the next few months. But today, legendary Jeremy Betts, your thoughts on an ending, a bitter ending to a Steelers season that was bound to come to this at some point is just, we were really hoping it wasn't going to be in the first week of the playoffs. Yeah. And you know, if you want to check the silver lining and we're going to dive into some silver linings in, in the second half of the show here, um, you know, uh, title of the show, biggest off season priorities after wild card flop. It was a flop, Andrew. And, and you start out down 21 points um, in inside of the first 30 minutes of play. And you're basically done if you're this version of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the, the talk going into this game was that this Steelers team is different than the last few that have made the playoffs just snuck in. They're not built the same They're They have an identity on offense. They're um, hardened on defense because they've played through so many injuries and they just, uh, they flopped against a better uh, against a better team, granted, but um, the the Bills weren't that much better to where the Steelers uh, should have come out so flat. It is uh, at this point, I, I can't remember the the exact uh, terminology, but you know, one time something like this happens, it's like, oh my goodness, uh, Mike Tomlin had a bad game. Uh, Mike Tomlin's team has a bad game in the playoffs. Uh, two times it starts to be, a, a, you know, more of a trend. And, and and now you've got, this is how Mike Tomlin teams perform in the playoffs. They get down yeah. big early and they can't come back. And that's a big time problem. And Mike Tomlin, fantastic head coach. I believe it. If he were to come back next year, I think the Steelers would still have a chance at contending. But the there there comes a point where the message gets stale. And I think we're there. And I think many fans would say we've been there for a while. We'll talk about Mike Tomlin a little bit later too. But I just think that this is such a huge reflection on the um, character of this team. And not saying that they're low character, but just how they play football. They, they're they not cohesive and they don't show up in the biggest moments ready to play with the big teams. And so that is a culture issue and that goes up to the top. And I think that's a reflection uh, of what we're seeing um, in this type of game from Pittsburgh. It is a culture issue. And when we're trying to find answers to how the Steelers can go forward and hopefully build upon at least a decent second half of the season, yeah, the it, it's hard to figure out where to exactly point the finger because there's so many places that can be pointed to. We talk about Mike Tomlin. He's going to stay as long as he wants to. It's not a matter of whether the Steelers are going to fire him or not. It's whether he decides to leave or not. And it really, 
I think the the first person that deserves blame has to be AR2. I know Steelers fans don't like getting on ownership, but ownership matters. AR2 is not a football guy. He is not a football guy like Dan Rooney was. And ever since Dan Rooney has passed away, sadly, this team has not been the same. The vibe has yeah. not been the same. The standard has not been the same. None of it has been to the same level of excellence. It doesn't seem like the standard is any longer excellence and just doing everything to the best of your capability, regardless of what the talent level is on the team. There's so many mistakes along the way, and it's become too many for the Steelers to overcome with talent or with late game heroics or luck for lack of a better term. It comes down, I think partially to ownership, but again, you can't say fire the owner. That's not happening. (laughs) Yeah, the, the the front office was every free agent as good as we thought. Maybe not, but still, I, I I think it's hard to really point the finger at them. I still think the overall they did a really good job at adding talent to this roster this offseason, uh, especially in the defensive side of the ball. It just got swapped by some injuries, and I, then it comes to the coaching staff, and that's where mm-hmm. the the blame is going to go. Nothing's going to change in the front office, and I don't think anything needs to change in the front office. It's going to come down to the coaching staff. And unless Tomlin decides to entirely overhaul his coaching staff, I don't know how we can really foresee anything changing. We, we've talked for the last month about how the Steelers are going to end up in the same spot that we thought they were going to be at the, at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Barely in or barely out of the playoffs in a quick playoff exit. We both had different ways how we thought the Steelers were going to get there, but we both thought they were going to get to this point. And yeah. we were both right. And your point this week, I mean, I know the Steelers did have a lot of injuries specifically at linebacker, we were starting to get a little bit healthier there. And you said specifically last week on the Steelers fix that if the bills are going to be able to beat the Steelers, it's going to be through the tight ends, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. And yeah. that's what they did. You nailed it first right two on the touchdowns. First, the two, first touchdowns two touchdowns. First two touchdowns were... of the game. And at yeah. that point, it's, the Steelers are already in panic mode. So yeah. I think – I'm just curious to get your thoughts. If it, we, we could do like a keeper cut, you know, segment, <laughs> but really it just in general yeah. – who, who do you think is gone from this coaching staff when we are talking, say, two weeks from now? Let me put it this way here. Um, one thing that you most definitely get with a wild card exit in the playoffs is no mixed feelings about any up-in-the-air players or participants of your coaching staff. So we're, we're not talking about having to sit back and say, oh, you know, the Steelers made the AFC championship with Mike Sullivan at OC um, and, and Eddie Faulkner at OC. You, you, you can't change it. You know, you, you go into this game and it's like, obviously the Steelers were undermanned on offense all season long. And yeah, they played a little bit better to close out the season with Mason Rudolph, but can we, can we now sit back and more attribute that to nobody had tape on Mason Rudolph <laughs> and the Steelers play a different brand of football with him back there? Is it more successful than what we've seen from other brands of football the last couple of years? Yeah, it is. But is it where it needs to be to um, be actually competitive in play in the playoffs? No, it's not. And so I think that the definitely gones are the um, offensive coordinators, the co-coordinator situation, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know. I I don't think that. The defensive coaching staff is going to change. I I don't. I'm not necessarily saying it should change either. I think that there were great adjustments by this team in season, but um, 
uh, I don't know. I, I would say right now it's the offensive coordinators, um, maybe a, a wide receiver coach um, situation since you know, they were never really able to get control of the, of the wide receivers in that room and say, you know, this is a team sport. You guys, you guys aren't the only people here. Um, so maybe that, but outside of the, the OCs, I think that you, you're going to see a, a, a solid returning group, uh, here. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a new offensive line coordinator or a new offensive line coach, but yeah. that's not super high on my prior priority list compared to some of the other things that we'll get to in the second half of the show. If I'm just giving you a percentage, what is the percentage chance you think that Mike Tomlin doesn't come back right now? I'd say it's about 60, 40 that he comes back um, after a loss like this though. And he's going to get it from the fans. Yep. All week. I mean, th this week uh, is going to be brutal. Uh, if if Mike Tomlin pays any attention to um, fan speak on on social media or anything like that, and I'm not saying he does, but th these guys are, are human beings, you know, so th it's not like they're oblivious to it um, and, and media pressure and stuff like that. I think that it could be one of those things where he's like, you know what? I do need a break. Uh <laughs> And if I want to keep coaching after that, great, but I need a break. I don't know if I want to do it here anymore. Uh, I don't think I'm appreciated. Maybe he feels like he need, he should be appreciated more for what he's done. And, and you know, I'm putting words in, in his mouth saying that. So don't quote me on that um, saying that he's, he's got issues there, but you know, just internally those, those conversations you have with your family that nobody else hears about, what does he go home and talk about? And so I would say that there's a chance that he does walk away for a little bit. And if that is the case, then if you're Pittsburgh and the fans, you get exactly what, what you want probably uh, for most, which is uh, just a complete restart. And if the Steelers do end up with a new head coach in 2024, Andrew, absolutely zero people on the coaching staff are safe uh, and guaranteed a spot moving forward. That I do agree with. And it's so hard because you would think with all the big name coaches that have gotten let go so far, you would think, Oh, there's gotta be someone out there. This is a great year to find a hire. Not necessarily if you're the Steelers. I'm not sure if any of these big name guys are great fits this year. I like, I haven't done a ton of research on replacements, and if we're talking this time next year, next week, and Mike Tomlin says he's gone, I'm sure we're going to be talking on the show potential replacements for Mike Tomlin. Yeah. But at this point, like I just in the little research I've done, I'm not impressed. Like the Steelers fans really wanted to bring in Bill Belichick. Like I don't, no. I don't. There's no way. Like I was. There would be Here, here's the guy. What? Here's the guy, Andrew. This is the guy for you. All right, to watch because this is a guy that Mike Tomlin has had a relationship with in the past. They have coached together in Tampa. All right. And this is a guy who was an interim head coach for the Falcons a couple years ago and is the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. No. It's Raheem Morris. No. This is that guy. This is that guy no. that, that I think would get a major look from the Steelers. He would definitely get Tomlin's uh, recommendation and – the the one benefit, even if you're not a huge fan of his defensive style and, and how he coaches defense, 
the one major benefit is that this guy is absolutely all in with the McVeighs and Shanahan's and Slowicks and all all of the that coaching tree of the world. This this guy has been a part of that. He knows those uh that tree. He would very very likely bring in a guy uh for that type of situation. So, uh just something to think about. I would actually be uh very intrigued by the idea. Um the other guy to keep an eye on, let's get to this later, but I just want to throw it out there. Um Mike McCarthy, Pittsburgh native. Oh, if, oh, if Dallas oh, says yes. you're out of here, the Pittsburgh no, native could, no, could no. come could come home. Andrew Wilbar. <laughs> I don't know if we've disagreed this hard <laughs> on a podcast in a long time. Well, let's Raheem save Mars- it then. Let's save it for like a a first take style ep down the road. Let's do it. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> let's go to the second half of the show Steelers fans you won't want to go anywhere because Jeremy and I are going to be giving you what we believe should be at the top of the pecking order as it pertains to what replacements what do things do the Steelers need to do on their to-do list this offseason don't go anywhere the Steelers fix we'll be right back after this. the second half of the Steelers fix Andrew Wilbar and the legendary Jeremy Betts back with you for an intriguing second half of the show Jeremy had some spicy takes at the end of the first <laughs> half yeah. and I don't want to spend too ta- much time on this Jeremy usually I'd let you have the floor but since we're on the topic already I'm just gonna give my first thing on the to-do list and this is that's it, not even a definite thing that's gonna happen but if Mike Tomlin leaves mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the the most obvious answer is to figure out who's replacing him. And that is the thing the Steelers have to replace. Now, obviously, we disagree strongly (laughs) on what the Steelers need to do for in terms of replacement. But I think we can agree that it doesn't, it obviously takes top priority if indeed this happens. We don't know what's going to happen. But what goes into the thought process, Jeremy? What is, if, if the Steelers, do end up having to find a replacement for Mike Tomlin. What are the Steelers specifically looking for? I understand Mike Tomlin may have his recommendations, and I Mm -hmm. agree Raheem Morris would probably get a strong look from the Steelers against my dearest wishes. But (laughs) and and Mike McCarthy gets, oh, mercy. Now, let let me say this. I'm not recommending McCarthy. I'm just throwing the name out there because Pittsburgh native could become available, uh, winning track record. This that could be a guy that, AR2 really, really would want to bring That's in. Like Mike I don't Tomlin know. With a greater level of mediocrity. Yeah. Hey, at least they've won in the wild card round in recent years. <laughs> I guess. Anyways, what, what do you believe are the qualities that the Steelers would be looking at? Are they looking for a Mike Tomlin clone? If that's the case, I think Raheem Morris is probably a mm-hmm. guy that they would really give a strong consideration to. Are they looking for more of the same? Or are the Steelers looking to go an entirely different direction and almost shift the culture to an extent? I think if Mike Tomlin goes, the the lean of Pittsburgh is always going to be to the defensive side of the ball for their head coach. Um, you think Cower, um, you think I'm I mean, you think Noel, 
Um, Noel was more, more or less a, uh, like a baseball manager, if you will. He just kind of handled everything. And, uh, I don't know, I'm not a huge Noel expert, but I don't know if he like resonated strongly with one side of the football over the other. You might know better than me. I don't know. Um, but you know, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin, it's defensive minded guys. Um, and I, I just don't see an offensive guy, you know, and that's why I say, you know, McCarthy might get a look cause he's a Pittsburgh native, but he's an offensive guy. So I don't know if he gets that strong. Look, I think the Steelers would definitely look more towards defensive, uh, guys that, that have their hand in that side of the ball. And, um, you know, for better or for worse, I think if you go with a defensive guy, a lot of those guys are Mike Tomlin esque, um, coaches and, um, you know, D'Amico Ryan's to me, uh, is, is young Mike Tomlin, uh, for, for the Texans. I think that he has that vibe, that player vibe that they love. I, I do think maybe he's a little bit more of the, uh, authoritarian, if you will, um, in that locker room potentially, but I just feel like he's a, he's a vibe with the guys kind of coach. Um, and I, you know, the Steelers, that maybe they're ready if it for a 180. Maybe that's in. We want a guy who's going to come in and set a tone um, in the locker room and not be um, not be the player coach anymore. But this is a a guy where you fit in his system or or you're out the door and we don't we don't care. Um, you know if you're super talented, if you're a problem, you're gone. You know that that kind of coach maybe that's the 180 but i don't see the steelers going 180 from defensive minded head coach all these years to bobby slowick i i just don't see that happening and and maybe call me old-fashioned but i don't think that that's exactly what they need either i'm definitely more of a fan of going with the guy who does a little bit more of all of it maybe has a hand on the defensive side a little bit more and then go out and and spend bigger money on an offensive coordinator which the steelers haven't done um, so that's what I would say would be the, the look for the Steelers. If you're going 180, it's not going to be defense to offense. It's going to be uh philosophy in the locker room. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. There's a couple of offensive names that I'd be intrigued by, Yeah, but it's not like, I don't think that this is the greatest year to be in need of a head coach. Really. I don't, I, I know that Ben Johnson, I think he deserves a job, a Lions offensive coordinator. You could even make an argument despite the Lions defensive struggles that, with what he's had to work with, their defensive coordinator should get a chance some at some point as well. Mm-hmm. But Clint Kubiak is another guy that's going to be talked about. I, I think if there's anyone who – I think he's done a very underrated job. And this name was brought up several years ago and for the past few off-seasons, and no one ever thought uh, really anything of it. Because, well, you know, is he really the play caller? What – you know, how big – you know, of a deal, how much of an impact is he having in that team's offense? But there's one guy that really sticks out to me as a guy who just with the talent he had to work with, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Here, Sam going to be a popular name. Yeah. I know he struggled at the end of the this. It's Sam Howell struggled at the end of the season, but to get what he did out of that team that was really depraved of talent in a lot of places, that offense put up points a lot of weeks. And I, I think a lot of the credit, I mean, Sam Howell may not be the starter next year because he really struggled at the end of the year. But for the majority of the year, before teams figured him out and just realized that, you know, he's, you know, he's a limited upside guy, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, Eric Bieniemy did wonders with Sam Howell. Sam Howell was one of the better quarterbacks for the first half of the season, and that things quickly changed. But that's one name. Let's move on to yours, Jimmy. I don't want to spend too much time on this. We'll obviously get into it if that comes yeah. to fruition. Uh, what is the what's the biggest thing you have on your offseason priorities? List? So for me, it's exhaust all your resources to find a franchise quarterback. And I don't care if you got to bring in six guys this offseason and, you know, one of those guys is Justin Fields and another is a draft pick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Trubisky's gone. I, I really believe he's gone after this year. Um, you know, Rudolph had a good run, but he's not a franchise quarterback. Um, he's he's a good backup. I think if if anything, you found a good backup and maybe he'll um, want to stick around since the Steelers gave him a shot. Um, but, you know, I think Kenny Pickett's going to be in that mix. But, um, Andrew, I, I think it would make <laughs> it would make my offseason if the Pittsburgh Steelers came up with a package of picks uh, and, and, and swapped with a, with the bears or, or commanders at one or two in this draft and went and got one of these quarterbacks. The Steelers have never done that. And you you just can't overestimate the value of a franchise quarterback. You can't do it. And I know that there's more to football than the quarterback, but all the teams that won playoff games, this year and all the teams that are really in contention all the time are the ones with quarterbacks either on the rise to stardom or that are there. I mean, look at the playoff field, Patrick Mahomes. They've been terrible all year on offense. It doesn't matter. They're in the playoffs now and it's Patrick Mahomes and they win and they win big against Miami. And Tua is not the guy, <laughs> you know, Josh yeah. Allen against the Steelers, Josh Allen, uh, you know, I, I it wasn't perfect from Josh Allen, but two touchdowns in the first quarter throwing and then a 52-yard rushing touchdown, that's insanity. The Ravens are the one seed in the AFC. Uh, the Texans, the Packers, these are superstar quarterbacks on the rise, and those are the teams that are winning football games in the playoffs in January. And so um, especially if the Steelers move end up having to move on from Mike Tomlin somewhere else, I say if you're rebuilding at head coach, you rebuild at quarterback, start fresh there, go get somebody. Maybe you don't trade up to one or two. Maybe you trade up to in the top five and get um, Jaden Daniels or something like that. I don't know. Just just keep throwing darts at the wall until something sticks because right now you don't have anything in this locker room that looks like it's going to stick. So, yeah. um, so go do it. If you're not going to trade up to number one or two and land uh, one of the top two picks, then – um, send, send a second rounder to the bears for fields, um, and send them, send them Deontay Johnson and a, and a third round pick or something like that and go get Justin yeah. Fields. Um, you know, get yourself a franchise quarterback because, um, you're, you're not going to be back until you get one of those. I agree. And one thing that I, I mean, Justin Fields would obviously be incredibly intriguing. I, with the, trading up for the quarterbacks it's so hard to tell right now just because yeah we don't even know who's going number one right now like Caleb Williams definitively says I do not want to play for the Chicago Bears Mm -hmm. and it's like okay if I were other teams I'd be like do I really want that guy in my locker room I don't know Drake May he was good never great had some inconsistencies 
Jaden Daniels, slight frame. Can he get onto the second progression? Is he just another Justin Fields? It's like all these quarterbacks you could talk yourself out of, but you could also talk yourself in too. And it's so hard. I just wish that when the Jordan Love trade rumors a couple years ago were going around, the Steelers would have thrown out an offer and the Steelers could have Jordan Love right now. That would be fantastic because I think he is a star in the making. But yes. Jeremy, let's stick with you for the second one because I'm really, I'm really intrigued by the second one you have on the list because it's so prevalent, especially to a show like mm-hmm. ours that we love to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. You got to re you got to shore up the weak spots on this offensive line and the weak spots to me um, are very, very clear uh, because you can get by at right guard and left guard with Daniels. And I think Siamalo really played well in the second half of the season. Yeah. Thought he was their best lineman. Um, While we're on the subject of priorities um, and, and changes here, one thing that I think we have we haven't really spent a lot of time on this, but I think outside of the the quarterback situation, as far as coaching gaffes go this this season, I think the Steelers' biggest coaching gaffe is is having played Broderick Jones on the right side all season. Yes, yeah, wasting his rookie year as the left tackle of the future. I mean. Yes, he was better than Chuksakorafor on the right side and better than Dan Moore Jr. would have been on the right side moving over, but he's definitely better than Dan Moore Jr. already, too. Yep. He should have been playing his position at left tackle, and then you figure it out at right tackle. But right. that was coaching malpractice of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Three big things I've had an issue with this off this season with the Steelers is the quarterback situation. That's coaching malpractice, just a failure by the coaching staff in evaluating these quarterbacks. Um the the Broderick Jones playing right tackle, major, major issue with coaching there. And then thirdly, it was not not prioritizing George Pickens as your wide receiver one from the get-go. I mean, yep. those three things are fireable offenses in my in my opinion, if you <laughs> want to look at Mike Tomlin through that lens. And so um moving on though, move Broderick Jones to left tackle where he's supposed to be. And then go get yourself a right tackle this offseason. And then in addition to right tackle, get Mason Cole out the building and get yourself a center. <laughs> and um, if you have to free agents or go free agency for one of those and draft the other one, fine, you know, <laughs> figure that out. Um, but, you know, it is if you can shore up the weak spots of this offensive line, then to me, your your two running backs coming back next year um, can still lead the way for this offense. If you get a better scheme in place that can maximize play action and, and the usage of those running backs. And maybe you even become a more, more of a mauling front front five on offensive line uh, with um, an athletic physical center and, and a, and a big right tackle who can push people around. Um, and Broderick Jones moving back to his natural position on the left side that if he turns out to be a bust as a draft pick as left tackle can be majorly attributed to the fact that you traded up for a guy uh, and then played him at the wrong position for a whole season. You don't build a team around the inferior players and put that, put them in an advantage compared to your players that are supposed to be stars. Yeah, And I think that's what the Steelers did with Broderick Jones and Dan Moore. You hit it perfectly. 
The Steelers have to move Broderick Jones to the left side. Center, there's a few good ones in the draft. And right tackle, there's a few good right tackles in the draft. We talked about Talisa Fuaga a couple weeks ago, and there's he's not the only one as well. The Steelers have to get physical up front. Love Mason Cole. He did good. He's, he was perfect for what the Steelers needed when he came in, but it's definitely time to move on. And, mm. yeah, Okorafor. I, I didn't understand the Steelers bringing him back in the first place. I never understood that signing. Dan Moore was kind of a wasted pick. I'm sorry. I, I never bought into the hype. I, I'm glad that it looks – it seems as if the Steelers should move on this offseason. Could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Let, let me say this, though, but, as like just a small caveat here. Look at some of the linemen that left the Steelers and went other places this offseason. Kevin Dotson, um, one of the best – guards in all of football yep. after he leaves Pittsburgh. So I don't know if it's, I don't think it's talent evaluation. That is the Steelers problem. I think it's talent usage. And, right. and that is, that is a reason why Pat Meyer might have a hot seat uh, this off season as well, uh, or should have a hot seat this off season. And I don't even understand again, why this, why did this, does Mike Tomlin think that bringing in these guys <laughs> that have, that it, it, what they were coaching, they were bottom 10 in the league almost consistently, despite having great talent. And then, oh, he's going to make it a great assistant coach. Like, I just don't understand the process, the thought process. There's Pat Meyer's resume was not good coming in. He had one of the worst offensive lines in the league in Carolina. Yet yeah. he comes here and is supposed to fix ours. I'm, I'm sorry. It's time to move on from him. Uh, my second one is revamping the entire offensive coaching staff. Pat mm-hmm. Meyer needs to go. I wrote an article for Fans First um, a couple weeks ago on revamping the entire offensive line. And go and check that out if you haven't looked at it yet. Uh, But there's the Eagles assistant offensive line coach, um, Roy Istvan, is a guy I really have my eye on for offensive line coach. I would love to get Deuce Staley back in the building. Whether that's – I don't know if I'm quite right for offensive coordinator, but running backs coach, bring him in, I would love that. And compare him with whether it be a Byron Leftwich or a Brian Greasy, someone like that, I would be okay with as long as you have the balance there. You can't let Byron Leftwich just run the entire offense without any say from anybody else. But I think those two together could work well. And then bring in a guy. Uh, we talked about, I, um, again, the name is slipping me, the uh, wide receiver coach. He's now the wide receiver coach at LSU. And has helped develop Malik Neighbors and some of the receivers they've had there. He was George Pickens's wide receiver coach at Georgia, and they had quite a long line there: McCole Hardman, Riley Ridley. I mean, he's helped develop a lot of NFL caliber wide receivers. George Pickens being one of them. I think getting him back would be huge for Pickens's development. Again, who are you prioritizing? Are you prioritizing the entire offense, or are you prioritizing just the? Are you just going to prioritize the guys who are inferior, just like we were doing on the offensive line? So yeah. that, that's a big thing for me. There, I think the entire offensive coaching staff needs to be revamped, regardless of whether Tomlin comes back or not. Will it happen? Probably not unless Tomlin goes. But yeah. one can always hope. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like – I love the thought of just revamping the entire offensive staff. Um, and I'm not one of these guys that's like a huge fan. And I know you're not either. Um, but, like, don't just bring back a bunch of former Steelers and – guys you already know. I mean, mix mix and match a little bit there, but the one guy Andrew that I would love to have on this coaching staff. And he's in the coaching realm. He's he's um been a head coach for uh, one of the spring league teams. It's Heinz Ward. Bring yeah, that dude in. Okay that. Bring that dude in as wide receivers coach 
And if that's the only former Steeler you were to bring back, I mean, talk about a mentality change for your wide receiver room. If, yeah. if Heinz Ward is your head coach, that's, that's a, I mean, you've got a total mentality change at, at wide receiver. Um, if that happens and, um, you know, what I really, really like to see this, this weekend was when the Detroit lions, uh, win their their first playoff game since before I was born. Um who did we see on the sideline over there but Antoine Randall L, Randall L. coaching the wide receivers and those wide receivers play tough and physical. Randall L played with Hines. That is how those wide receivers played football. It was a different breed of guys back then. Get Hines Ward in this building on offense yeah. at wide receiver and um uh you cover a multitude of sins with his signing. I think you really do uh, at the wide receiver position. So like I said, not a huge fan. I'm, I'm not saying you go out and you uh, Byron left, which is your coordinator and Heinz Ward is your running backs coach and do Staley's your, your <laughs> running backs coach. And, you know, just go down the list and it's all Steelers <laughs> players that are, were our favorites, you know, David DeCastro, Mike or Marquis yeah, Pouncey, exactly. offensive line coach. Bring back Joey Porter as the linebacker. Oh, coach. mercy. Uh, no, so I, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not saying that, but man, Hines would be awesome. I would love bringing Hines back. I really would. I do do speaking of Detroit though. I really wonder how many first round picks it would take to get Dean Campbell to Pittsburgh. Oh Bill Coward jr. That I dude ain't going him. nowhere. Um, he's he's going to be there for a long time. Yeah. All credit to him. I'm, I'm honestly pulling for the Lions in the playoffs right yes. now. Now that the Steelers are out. I would love to see the Lions go all the way. We'll see My boy CJ Stroud and, and then the Lions. Let's go. Hey, I, I that would be an interesting Super Bowl, not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to our last ones, Jeremy. I'll I'll go first with this one. I have the yeah. I think the Steelers need to find a true strong safety and a cornerback too. If you get yeah. those linebackers back healthy, this defense is pretty complete. Yes, I know you got to find a replacement for Cam Hayward at some point, and it probably needs to happen sooner rather than later. But if you get a true strong safety, even if that means bringing back Terrell Edmonds, just Swallow your pride, Steelers fans, and do what's best for the team. And if that means bringing back Terrell Evans, that means bringing back Terrell Evans. The Steelers' defense is built to have a true, strong safety. And you're not going to find it in drafts this year, probably not next year. I don't know if we're ever going to see a great class of strong safeties again. You may have one or two in each class. And this year, all converted linebackers. Yeah. You're going to have to convert linebackers if you want strong safeties anymore. Yeah. I, I I agree with that. And at corner two, Steelers have to find someone to pair with Porter Jr. Whether that can be Trice, whether that can be somebody else on the roster already, that's great, Rush. But you have to bring in somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to say, uh, you mentioned Cam Hayward. Um, he was, I don't know if you got a chance to see his his uh, post-game presser, but um, he said mentally he, he would love to come back and play. That, that he is... Like his heart is still in this game, but physically he he doesn't know. You know like physically he he doesn't know because this was a really tough year with the injury. Yeah. Um, he's he's just not sure. This sound that sounds like a dude um who and, and not saying this in a bad way who's got one foot in the retirement door already. Um, and you know, I mean, all the best to him if he decides to retire. One of the best Steelers defensive linemen of all time in a group that is. Um, at yep. as good as any in the league ever, uh, as far as like Hall of Fame deserving, yeah, type of of players. I think he should get Hall of Fame votes. Um, 
uh, once he retires, you know what I mean? So when he becomes eligible, um, but going back to the secondary where you're talking about adding people, um, the Steelers put way too much on Minka's plate this year and it messed him up seriously bad. Mm -hmm. The Steelers defense was better without him on the field this year. And I think that's because the Steelers wanted him to be three different people at once all season, as opposed to actually giving him a role on the defense and saying, do this um, and, and do it to the best of your ability. That's a, that's what they did with him last year. And he was so good. First team, all pro safety uh, voted best safety in the league by his, his peers. Um, and that is not the safety we saw this year. The Steelers decided that they needed him to do more um, and play more in the box and move him around more. And it just did not work. Um, so you absolutely have to get a running mate back there with him. Um, and I, you know, I'm not, again, not a huge fan of bringing former players back, but Terrell Edmonds knows Minka and knows how they like to play. And those two guys played really well together. Looking back in retrospect, maybe one of the Steelers worst moves, not bringing back Terrell Edmonds this off this last off season, um, just for that secondary and cohesiveness sake. Um, it wasn't going to cost you anything. You should have just done it. And they did not do it. Uh, and they were the worst for it. So um, CB2 might be in the building with Trice. If it's not Trice, though, it's got going to have to be somebody else um, because I do not like the Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace um, thing yeah. that we saw this year. <laughs> let's let's uh, revamp there. I agree. Before we get out of here, Jeremy, what's your last one? All right, so I'm going to go to the defensive side as well, and I'm going to say that you've got to get faster slash more athletic slash um, better football players at inside linebacker. And I will say this until I die, Andrew. TJ Watt is a great player. Alex Highsmith is awesome. Minka Fitzpatrick plays fantastic football when he's used correctly. Cam Hayward, a great player. But the Steelers' defense is never right unless they have that guy roaming the middle of the field at yep. inside linebacker. A Roquan Smith-type player. A, a um, Ryan, Shazier. Ryan Shazier. Yes, exactly. A Ryan Shazier-type player. They are never right without the field general in the middle there handling everything and, and being the guy that takes over in the run game and can cover down the field and i mean that has to be a priority this offseason get your quarterback on offense get the quarterback of your defense too um and when you look at the one seeds in the playoffs here look at those linebackers look at those linebackers andrew roquan smith patrick queen for baltimore and then uh greenlaw and and warner in in uh san francisco they play defense differently because they have dudes at inside linebacker Steelers uh, found a really good player in a Landon Roberts. I like him. I don't think he's that dude <laughs> at inside linebacker. Still. I think he's a good role player. He's a good um, Cole. Yeah, he is. He is. And Cole Holcomb, um, you know, he's a solid player too, but he's, he's not Ryan Shazier. And so I don't know if there is a Ryan Shazier in this class. Andrew, we will have to dive into that. We'll have to see. There's some definite options we'll we'll dive into uh, that could be, uh, but I think that's got to be a priority too. And as we're talking through these, Andrew, 
there's a lot of issues with this Steelers team if they want to yep. get to Super Bowl contention in 2024. Don't know if they're going to be quite ready for it yet, but uh, um, that's my third and final priority here. Uh, and those may change as the offseason progresses, but we've got a lot of time to figure that out. We've touched on about just about every area of this roster, and that just goes to show how much work this team needs. Steelers got their work cut out for them, but you know that your Australian Jeremy Betts are going to have much more content coming to you as to how they can fix this team. Yep. Over the next few months, we're going to be covering everything, free agency, NFL draft. You won't want to miss anything. We've got NFL draft content coming out editorially soon as well. Uh, we've got a bunch coming out soon. Jeremy, what are, do you have coming up at Steel Curtain Network? Well, uh, probably going to do some kind of, of season recap article. Um, just my, my thoughts on how it went and, and then it's all looking forward, Andrew, um, you and me, we're going to be hitting uh, free agency and the draft hard in the next few weeks. And I know draft wise, I mean, good grief. We're, we're what three weeks away from the senior bowl. Um, yep. it is, it's start. I mean, the draft starts in mobile at the senior bowl, but really as soon as the playoffs are over for or the season's over for for those covering the team and including you and 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 me uh we hop right into this uh draft stuff and there's a lot to get to um so be checking out steel curtain network andrew we're going to have to figure out we'll keep you guys posted how we're going to do our big board this year and everything we're we're still working through some of those things but we're going to try to get it um uh, do a little bit more like we did last year. I think um, we're going to give you links and we're going to get our, our crew back together um, to start putting that together. So keep that in mind and uh, uh, keep looking for, for me appearing on uh, Jeff's let's ride every Friday for the all bets are off segment. I'm pretty sure we're going to continue that through the off season. And now that the off season is here, the Steelers Q and a probably goes back to Sunday nights um, most weeks. So um, you can start tuning into that again and we'll be rotating guests. I'm sure Andrew will have you on again uh, soon. And I'm looking forward to that already. And those of you that are interested in the big board, it is always a collaborative effort of our great community. So if you're a fan out there and you listen to Steel Curtain Network podcast or you follow us on the editorial side, you have NFL draft knowledge, you watch games, you watch tape of some of these guys and you'd like to do some write-ups Yep. We'd love to have you come be a part of it. We'd love it. it. It Believe me, it takes a good bit off Jeremy and I's plates, the less that we have to do. Uh, we already have to evaluate the guys, let alone having to do write-ups on top of it. So we love having people that have want to give their perspective on a player. Uh, if you have any interest in that, you can reach out to Jeremy anytime at the Bats 93 on yes. X or anything. If you have a question for us, we can potentially answer that on the show. And uh, be sure to check us out, steelcurtainnetwork.com, fansforsportsnetwork.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL. Thank you so much for listening. Don't go anywhere this offseason. We've got you covered in every aspect possible. We'll see you next time on the Steelers 